0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladaris. Hope all of you are well and safe out there. And also, if you're watching us, I truly do appreciate it. Turn out the new format, you know, you get to see kind of the the voice behind the, the mic, per se. So, once again, I welcome you all for watching. And on the slate today, as you can see at the bottom of the screen, Super Bowl predictions, kind of break it down. You know, you know people are by far better than I am. Have done it more extensively, but predictions, X factors, things of that nature, and then Joe Rogan his comments and Brown's big picture. So let's just jump in and talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Fifty Six. Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner, and this matchup to me is intriguing because you know, to me, I love quarterbacks. If you listen to the show. Or if you're a first time listener or viewer, just know I love quarterbacks, absolutely love them. Now look at this quarterback matchup. You know you have Joe Burrow. You know here he is, second full season. You know coming in here could could win a Super Bowl for the Bengals. Has played you know easily the comeback player of the year in my opinion. Just the way he's played, the confidence that he's brought to that organization. This is why I always say that the quarterback position is is essentially the most important position of all the sports is because you can have we've seen average quarterbacks make it to the super bowl like Brad Johnson Trent Delfer. we've seen that historically but to to actually have a chance to win a super bowl with the basis of having the quarterback that you have you know Joe Burrow is that guy in my opinion he brings a confidence and a swagger that this organization hasn't seen in quite some time. And and you can we can talk about their head coach, Zach Taylor. That relationship is important. And more importantly, it just feels like now the Bengals are turning a corner. And this could be a little, I'm not going to say dynasty. I'm going to say the D word. But when you look at Joe Burrow, you look at Joe Mixon, you look at Jamar Chase, CJ Uzma. You know, they got T Higgins, like there's a lot of talent offensively, like 25 years and under talent. And when you look at the other side of the spectrum, you look at the Rams, it's a very, I feel like a very veteran laden team. Matthew Stafford just won his first playoff game this postseason. Here he is playing his first ever Super Bowl. Easily, easily a guy to root for, super easy to root for. And you look at what's around him. You have Cooper Cup, triple crown receiver, receiving, you know, receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns. And you look at a guy, and then look at Von Miller they trade for. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got Aaron Donald. You got an all-pro, you know, easily one of the best defensive players of his generation. You can put him in the conversation with Lawrence Taylor. You know, it's probably one of the best defensive players to of, of all time. That's, it's a very veteran-laden team. And what's interesting about this matchup is, is that it's literally a tale of two sides of the ball here because I really, really like the Rams' front seven. The back end exterior of Ramsey, I don't know. But to me, one matchup here that's going to be interesting to watch is that Bengals' offensive line is simply... It's not good. You know, you know, they're not terrible, but they're not good. Joe Burrow took a lot of hits against the Tennessee Titans. And somehow they won that football game. And I'm curious to see how that offensive line is going to face the likes of a Von Miller and face the likes of an Aaron Donald. That to me is an intriguing matchup because keeping Joe Burrow upright, listen, it sounds super obvious, but sometimes the obvious answer is sometimes the right answer. So that's the way I see that. And I look at for the Rams. I'm very curious to see Cooper Cup versus that Bengals secondary. And more likely Eli Apple, you know, Chitaway. You know, I'm curious to see how that dynamic works as well. Because, listen, the Bengals defense is not terrible. They're better than what they've been in years past. But how do you stop Cooper Cup and how do you stop Odell Beckham Jr.? You know, how do you stop those guys? You know, that's going to be something interesting. Now they're starting to run the ball more. they got Cam Akers back. they got Zoe Michelle. So now this offense for the Rams is looking balanced and complete. So I'm curious to see how that Bengals defense kind of handles that. Now, when we talk about X factors, when we talk about players, we really, really got to look at, you know, like I said, I can easily say Joe Burrow. I can easily say Matthew Stafford. We're not going to do that. You know, for the first time on video, we're not going to do that because it's going to be saved forever. X-Factors for me, when I look at the Rams, you got to look at Aaron Donald defensively. Look, not a lot of people be able to stop Aaron Donald. Like, you could argue this year, maybe a down year for Aaron Donald, but it could easily be somebody else's best year, if that makes any sense. And what's interesting is, is that I look at the matchup and go, they're going to double. They have to double Aaron Donald. So the question is, can anybody else on that front seven take advantage of that situation? Because that, to me, is going to be interesting. Because the Bengals have to find Zach Taylor. They have to find a way to kind of minute and shut that down. They have to find a way to keep Joe Burrow upright. You, you know, sliding in a you know tight end, that's not going to work. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in that perspective, now when I look at for, for the Bengals defense, I look at guys like Trey Hendrickson, like to me easily their best, you know, their better defensive players. I mean, you know, Eli Apple. There's a lot of matchups out there, like both for both defenses there, to see how that plays out. Now, offensively, look steering clear of quarterbacks. I'm curious to see their run games, because it it feels like again, Joe Mixon. Then you have a you got kind of like a you got a duo in the backfield, like I said earlier, with Sony Michelle and Cam Akers. That to me is going to be very interesting to see which team's running game can get started against the other team's front seven. I talk about front seven. I talk because to me, it's it, this feels like a game that is a trench game because they're both great passing offenses, and their numbers are very reflective of that. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out in that respect. And something else that's very interesting to me is easily the head coaching matchup. Listen, to both of these coaches, two of the, young, two of the younger coaches, you know, listen, they're under, listen, what would you, we just had the oldest coach win last year in Bruce Arians. Now we're getting two young, you could argue maybe the future of coaching in Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. Listen, Zach Taylor worked with Sean McVay. You know, Sean McVay has the potential to have a tree. You know, have a coaching tree that looks like the Belichick tree or the, the Parcells tree, you know, even the, the Shanahan tree, though, the Dungy tree where you're just or the Andy Reid tree where you're just getting guys and just and they're just becoming coaches, coordinators, coaches and things of that nature. But to me, when I look at the matchup, it's easily to say, well, I give the edge to Sean McVay. He's been there, done that. And I think he wants to do better than what he did the last time he was there and score more than three points. You know, listen to the New England Patriots a few years ago. So, to me, this, this is a super hard game to predict. Like I say, the Rams, they're you know, at last check, some lines, you know, the one lines that I found, minus four are the Rams are favored by the money line. Listen, if you want to go the money line route, minus 198 for the Bengals is plus 166. Over-unders, 48 and a half. To me, this is a game that I would not pick up, you know, pick heads up because the situation is this. You've heard probably better, much more smarter than I, you know, say this, but it, it, it's, it's obvious. Like I said earlier, sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. If you're going to go the route of the Bengals, just take the Bengals straight out. Like, you know, don't take them like plus four and then hope, you know they you know, they lose by – you know, they lose by three. No, take them to win. Or if you're in the camp that, you know, the money line, you know, I feel that this is the type of game where you got to look at props. To me, this could be, you know, most Super Bowls, they're, they're all about the props because it's super hard to nail down like, you know, favorites and things of that nature, you know, picking the line straight up. Some people are great at it. but to me, prediction time. I believe in my heart. This Cincinnati Bengals team is different. Because I wrote a piece that I write for, you know, Sports Kita. And one of the pieces that I wrote about was like, you know, uh, Joe Burrow. I Listen, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady because there's only one Tom Brady. Let's be clear, only one Tom Brady. But a lot of parallels here. Listen, Tom Brady... Went to a Super Bowl in his second year in the league. Joe Burrow's in his second, you know, year in the league. And here's the thing. Here's the more eerie thing if you kind of peel it back some more. This is the Bengals' third appearance in the Super Bowl. They lost both. When Brady, before Brady played in his first Super Bowl versus the Rams, the Patriots had lost two Super Bowls before that. So they each started in their respective franchises' third Super Bowl appearance. Brady won it. Burrow. To me, I'm not going to ignore the Rams here. I can't ignore. How in the world can you ignore Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford? How can you ignore all that, Jalen Ramsey? How can you ignore all of that? It's you. You can't ignore that. So if you ask me today who I think's going to win, I've been racking about it. You know what? I'm going to go with the Bengals. I like the Rams. Do not get me wrong. But this feels like a situation where it's like a super not so fast. Like with the Rams, yeah, minus four. It's interesting. Because it kind of feels like, like I say, they're closer. If you kind of peel it back, they're super close. It's just that you can pick it, like I say, the biggest issue for the Bengals is their offensive line. For me, for the Rams, can that running game can be, can they take it, you know, can they run the ball? Because that Bengals defense is no slouch by any stretch of the imagination. So in that regard, I gotta ride with the Bengals. I think that Joe Burrow right now has that chance. Because here's the thing. We all we were always talking about, we talked about Josh Allen. We talked about Patrick Mahomes. And listen, they're going to face each other a lot over the next decade. But we also kind of mix in Joe Burrow. We have to mix in Joe Burrow because it feels like with listen, he brings something different, like I said earlier. We have to start putting Joe Burrow in this – if he does win this Super Bowl, listen, he would already have one more Super Bowl than Josh Allen in the same amount as Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow's in year two. So this is a conversation where I try to tell people is that, no, I'm not saying, you know, oh, Burrow's better than Brady – you know, excuse me, Burrow's better than Mahomes or he's better than Allen. No. What I'm saying is that you have to entertain the thought that if Joe Burrow beats, once again, in the underdog position, beats a very good Rams team in their own stadium, quote-unquote, you know, so <laughs> you have to have that in the conversation. You have to have that conversation. You don't want to have to have that conversation like the one we're going to have in a couple of minutes. But <laughs> but just like that conversation, this it has to be discussed. If Joe Burrow does the, does, he does the impossible, you know, we talk about listen, Mahomes, Allen. You gotta put you, you you at least have to put you at least have to put Joe Burrow in that conversation. So once again, prediction, give me the Bengals plus four. I expect them to win outright. You know, and I'll do you one better. Evan McPherson, because I'm a Gators fan, kicks the game winning field goal to give the Bengals their first Super Bowl in their franchise history. So that's my prediction there a med conversation. Now let's shift to a completely reciprocal-esque conversation. Now, one of the things that I think is important to have, you know, listen, I promise not to be long on this conversation because it's a straight, simple, to the point, little complexities, but we'll break it down as we go along. It's important to have a conversation about Joe Rogan because as i've always said you know sports in the world but it's important to have this conversation for this reason because what joe rogan said and the rhetoric it has to be it doesn't it doesn't it not only impact people who look like me it impacts everyone else in the world because words matter and essentially joe rogan listen When they have a compilation video of you saying the N-word, it's not good. It's not good. Now, first part is, do I think Joe Rogan's a racist? No. Here's why. Because, and you know, I give credit to Barry Laminak. Watch his show, you know, Barry on Deck. It's very good. And I kind of jumped in late on the show. But he he made a point that I'm going to make here that is, to me, 100% correct. You There's a difference between being a racist and saying racist things. It's actions versus words. Like I said, words matter. But listen, track record matters too. Do I think Joe Rogan's a racist? <sighs> listen, I'm telling you now, but listen, that compilation did him absolutely no favors. And we live in a world of cancel culture. Where we want to cancel this person, cancel that person. Like, let's go back. We, people tried to cancel Kevin Hart when he tried to host the Oscars. And they brought his comments on, you know, the LGBT, you know, which we tried to cancel. Now, listen, is what he said was wrong? Yes, just like with Joe Rogan. Listen, I ain't backing what they're saying. <laughs> let's be clear. I ain't backing that horse. All right. I'm not backing it. But understand that, listen. It's the, it's called second chances. I'm a big believer in giving somebody a second chance to reprieve themselves. Because in a world where, imagine this, imagine if one moment in your life, and we've all had it, so don't act like you never had this moment, where you said something or did something that would probably not only get you canceled, but you probably wouldn't be in the position that you are at your job or your, your status in life. Your ascribed status would not be what it is. You know, your ascribed status, when you talk about ascribed statuses, it's what you are. If you talk about, you know, those, it affects your, you know, your achievements. You know, it affects those things. I always get achieved and ascribed status mixed up. My apologies to all the psych, you know, sociology majors out there. Unintentional. But my point is this. We could easily, if we had an age of social media, if social media was around and as prevalent as it was 20, 20 years ago. Listen, I'll admit I'm thirty-four. I'll be thirty-four this year. If social media was around back when, back in like in the let's say the '90s, like I was in elementary school, in the 2000s when I was middle school, high school, I probably wouldn't be doing the show. Because I had been canceled for maybe something that I said that I didn't think was offensive, but is offensive, you know, in retrospect. Now, does that mean? Here's here's the kicker. Here, when we say things, you have to accept responsibility. Like that whole Joe Rogan video, it was like, okay, this is why I said, like, no, bro, you shouldn't have said it. Like, there's no justification for what you said. But the fact that he apologized for it is a step in the right direction. Now, personally, listen, people will cancel themselves. We don't need to cancel people because here's the thing. Think about this. When we look at people, listen, look at Bill Cosby. Look at R. Kelly. They canceled themselves. They canceled themselves. We didn't do their actions. They canceled themselves. I'm not equating what they've done to what Joe Rogan said, but my point is is that we live in a world where, hey, in cancel culture, we try to get rid of people. People get rid of themselves. It's just like to use sports. Sometimes teams lose the game on on their own more than a team wins it, like a turnover, like a fumble, interception, things of that nature. My point is with Joe Rogan, I don't like what he said. None of us should. None of us should. That word doesn't belong in the lexicon. Should not belong. But here's the thing. What Joe Rogan did now is essentially you have people out here defending him. And this is why I say. You can defend Joe Rogan. It's your right. You live your best life. You can you can defend him. But understand this. Don't defend his word. Don't defend him saying the word. You can defend, like this is nothing to do with free speech. Nothing to do with that. Like, scrap it. This is about essentially you could defend the fact that, hey, you know, to stop people from canceling him. Okay, that's your right. But don't defend what he said. And that's a once again, you can listen, the KKK, they're racist. There are people in history that are racists because they've shown you they're racist and they've said, listen, they've made it no secret that they're racist. People can say racist things and not be a racist, you know, and to the point that, listen, you can be a good person and still say some things you shouldn't say. Period. And I'll just tell this quick anecdote. I won't use the person's name. But this a while back, you know, essentially social media dug up things a certain person said. And I, you know, I just know them through social media. So I went through the timeline, you know, you could, you could, you know, it was that out there, that much out there where you could type in the, the person's name and see it. And it's like, this is not good. So luckily, you know, I talked to the person, I messaged them, told them, Hey, cause you know, they said, a, you know, they said, the, and I told them, well, I didn't like what you said. They understood. But you had people try to cancel them because here's the thing. I knew that person was not a racist and we have to understand that. I knew the person wasn't racist because a true racist would not have even entertained the time of day, not cared. they wouldn't have apologized or held themselves accountable for what they said, because people of that nature are brazen. They're bold. And they're proud of, of being who they are. My point is, before we go, is to get people to understand this. You don't have to condone people's words or their actions. But understand, As instead of canceling them, get accountability. Make them accountable for what they said or what they did. Now, everyone has a track record. Now, if this is not the first rodeo this person a person has said a certain thing, you don't cancel them because they'll cancel themselves. It's not our job to cancel people because what if we were canceled? What if you were in the spotlight or you had a great social media follow? You know, if you're in the public eye. They're trying to cancel you every day, cancel you every day. Listen, I'm not saying some big shot celebrity. But I understand, you know, having a podcast, having a platform, as all of us do. I understand that that's why, to me, words matter. I'm careful with, with what I say and, more importantly, how I say it. Because anybody can take a video and a clip and finagle it to a way to make me look any way they want want me to look. So at the end of the day, let's, let's understand this. Before we try to cancel people, get accountability. Have a conversation. Conversations about race have to happen. Like it could be uncomfortable. It could be like having the birds and the bee talk, birds and the bees talk with your with your parents. It can be awkward. But you have to have the conversation. So understand that what Joe Rogan said, nobody's saying what he said was right. And if you do defend him, don't defend what he said. You can defend him from not being canceled. Because at the end of the day, we understand, and then we'll wrap it up, is that to this point that I made at the beginning of this segment, if social media was prevalent, and our actions and our words were caught, and we had a limelight, we wouldn't be having the job we have, our achieved statuses would not be where they are. And it will have nothing to do with, oh, if we would be trying to apologize, get forgiveness. That's all I ask. Is listen, not listen. Don't condone what Joe Rogan said. Because right now he's on a thin, he's on a thin, he's on a very, very piece of thin ice, and he understands what he said was wrong. But at the end of the day, understand this: I don't have to tell Joe Rogan what he said was wrong. He knows it, but you own it. Maybe that make a 10-minute apology video, but don't you own it. Don't say, oh, I meant, no, you said it. So at the end of the day, understand. Give a second chance to someone. Give someone that second chance that you would want someone to give you or you have been given in your life. And if you screw up the, the, you know, the next time, I can't help you. <laughs> so that's something to think about. So once again, before we go, thank you all for listening and watching so much. You know, I may start doing more of these on video. And before you go, listen, as you can see here on the here on on the nameplate, at underscore Brown, find me on Twitter there. at double underscore Brown on Instagram. Find the podcast, find the podcast on Twitter at sports. The world us on Facebook, the Facebook page, poll questions, interesting stuff there as well. So until I see you again next time, and if you celebrate Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. Me, eh? Someone comes, eh? Great. If not, y'all wait for the discount chocolate. But until I still you hear and see me again, I'm Darius Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World podcast.